0: I remember one time I was in a call with a friend of mine from Germany and then he said that his younger brother would love to talk to me and his younger brother was like 15 years old and he was amazed to be talking to the Ovation Esports co-founder and he told me that he's a huge fan of our organization and of our players and he loves what, what we do and that's when I finally realized we actually we have fans and, and that's yeah kind of melted my heart to be honest that, that was one of the sweetest things that happened in 2020
1: hello everyone i'm happy to bring you a new episode today of the leap takers podcast where i'm interviewing up-and-coming european entrepreneurs investors and shapers from various fields to retrace their journey of how they started their own company and to discover the insights tips tricks and advice they gathered so that you too can hopefully take the leap my guest today is Patrick Gobonia, he is one of the co-founders of Ovation Esports. Ovation Esports was founded in Zurich, Switzerland in February 2020 and is the first sustainable esports organization. They are a young, dynamic pioneer in the professional gaming space, which combines professionalism and fun in one team. Ovation is one of the fastest growing and -and up-and-coming eSports teams in Europe, especially in the DACH region which includes Switzerland, Germany and Austria, and they recently also raised their first seed investment round from very notable investors which you will hear from later. Ovation currently competes with its athletes in the very popular games of Fortnite and Valorant and some more games will be announced soon. I really enjoyed this somewhat different episode since you will learn more about the fascinating and rapidly growing world of eSports. The founding story of Ovation, what it actually means to be a sustainable esport organization, the business model of an esports organization like Ovation, and Patrick's learnings and tips for other founders and leap takers. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Patrick Gobonia. Hello, Patrick! Welcome to the Leap Takers podcast, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's great to have you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. And I would be very curious to learn a bit more about yourself in this episode and about what you're building. So if you could just start with briefly introducing yourself and what you're currently doing.
0: My name is Patrick. I live in Switzerland. I'm the co-founder of Ovation Esports, which is the first sustainable esports organization or team. And we're still a startup having done our our seed round a couple of weeks ago and are excited for the year 2021, which is ahead of us.
1: Since we will be talking a lot about gaming and esports in particular today, I thought it would be uh, important for the listener to get a basic understanding of esports and Ovation. So for people that are not that familiar with the topic, could you briefly describe what esports is and why it's relevant, and then give a high-level view of what you do with Ovation. But first, just describe what eSports is and why you think it's relevant in today's time.
0: Sure. So eSport is the competitive side to traditional gaming. So gaming is what every young adult or kid does nowadays at home on his PlayStation computer or even mobile phone just just playing video games for fun. And eSports is the professional side of it. Uh, it. It's about tournaments and competing against the best video gamers in the world, if you want to call them like this. We, we call them eSports athletes, as uh, these young adults and kids have insane abilities in regards of, of their speed and how they play their video games. So that's a, a general eSports overview of what it actually is. And it became relevant already 20 years ago. More and more people got involved in gaming. The internet developed rapidly and now everyone's connected all over the world, which is one of the most beautiful sites about gaming and esports in general. There are no borders. There are no genders. It doesn't really matter who you are. As long as you have an internet connection in your computer, you can play with whoever you want to. And you could become friends with whoever you want to. And around that eSports scene over the years, a big community has been built, and that's the kind of community we are currently in. And what we're doing with Ovation, we're a team of various athletes in in various games, for example, Fortnite, which is more or less a a young eSports topic and eSports game, very much developing rapidly. Very interesting in regards of abilities of the players themselves. The speed of the game, I've never seen anything like it. As well, we're competing in Valorant and sooner or later, some other games, which I can't um, announce already, as the contracts have been signed. But the announcement is not yet over, so you have to wait for that and what we do we support all of our athletes in basically all their life matters in regards of we support them in fitness mental coaching we even pay for their for their education in some parts we we pay for tutoring to help them develop as as an individual And on top of that, we support them in in regards to social media and gaming in general. We have game coaches and all that is needed to give them the right environment to develop as individuals and athletes. So that's the very broad overview of what we do.
1: Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I'm sure we will dive deeper into that later in this episode. You already briefly mentioned that you're a startup and you, you recently had a fundraising round. So, yeah, why don't you tell a bit more to the audience about the news that you announced and how did your fundraising go? It
0: went well. After all, it was quite uh, a process, to be honest, but we were then by end of March finally ready to announce our, our two private investors, the Louis-Dreyfus twins, which are yeah, the families has always been involved in, in professional sports or traditional sports in football they used to be the the owners of Marseille and now currently own another football club in in England and so there are a lot of similarities between the traditional sports world and esports that's where we kind of connected pretty fast and over the time yeah we came together and and finalized the first seed investment
1: round for ovation congratulations to that and i I think it's yeah it's great to have investors that share your vision of the company you want to build and just having heard about the fundraising news i was very curious to learn more about how this came to be like could you share a bit more about the story of you know how you got even in touch with them or did they just reach out to you
0: so we were kind of like on the lucky side in regards of looking for investors because we haven't really been looking for any kind of investors. We were focusing on our growth and on, on building our team and building our community. And by the end of 2020, we got approached by some venture capitalist firms. Two or three approached us in regards of an investment. And we, we kind of felt like that's that's not the right choice for us as the interests are not really aligned. Because esports, is, it's a growing market, but the revenues are, are slowly growing. So it's a long-term invest. And that's most of the time not an interest of venture capitalist firms. And then other private investors approached us and also agencies within esports and marketing agencies. And so slowly there was quite some, yeah, talking about an investment round. And we started to think about it more deeply. And it was actually a conversation with one of my close friends, because we were discussing a topic about a VC and also a private investor. And he told us, I will never forget the sentence, there are a lot of people like like that one guy in Switzerland or in the German-speaking region. Why don't you reach out to others? Because I could think that probably... Louis Dreyfus brothers could be interested and he got some connections to them and we kind of like arranged a meeting and got to know each other and pretty much it, it started off very well we connected we not only on the business side also on like the kind of I would call it a friendship also so we found out that we got the same interests that we want to do basically the same things and so it it developed but from from the point of agreeing on what could happen together and what we could do together to the point of actually signing contracts. That took some some months of time. And in the beginning, it was only one of the brothers and it started to be both of them after we got deeper into the discussion. And we're more than happy to have these guys on board as they also support us in daily routines and daily businesses. And we're all the time in contact. And that's actually the kind of investor we were looking for. We were not looking for someone yeah, putting money in, in our company and just hoping that it grows. We needed someone that, that actually supports us, especially in regards of, of networking, because nowadays network is, is one of the most important things in, in business to know the right people and to get in contact with the right people. And so that's why we're super happy to have have these boys on board.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you made a great choice with these investors. And it's interesting that you said that some VCs even reached out to you because most of the time it's the other way around that the startups are reaching out to the VCs. So that's a really good sign, actually, if you have VCs that contact you. Do you know why that is? Is it because you got some attention in like some of the tournaments you competed or Why was this? Do you have any idea?
0: I don't know specifically. I think maybe because of media attention. And I think it it was just also a little bit because of eSports in general in 2020. Due to Mm -hmm. the pandemic, a lot of traditional businesses got more curious about what eSports actually is. Same goes with VCs. And a lot of investments happened in the department of eSports. And so I I think it was kind of like the whole environment and, and the whole situation of last year that brought them to talk to us.
1: I think that makes sense with the pandemic definitely playing a big role in gaming and esports became became more top of mind of of investors and people overall. Yeah, so I think we already got a good general overview about what you're building and what you're doing and, and your investors that are backing you. So I'm always very curious in this podcast to find out more about the origin story of the companies that that you're building. So if you could just go back a bit in time, and even before you started thinking about building an esports organization, do you remember when you first kind of had the thought of starting your own company or, or doing your own project, let's say? any Any idea?
0: Yeah, pretty much an idea. I mean, it was a tough road in the beginning. So after... During my studies, I studied first of all. I studied economics in Zurich, and then I found out that I don't really feel comfortable in that world. And as I've come from a more or less sporty background, always been into sports. I I, I did another three years of studying sports management, and finally wrote my bachelor thesis about esports. During the, the studies, I slowly drove into esports more and more. And after that. It kind of randomly happened that I sat together with a friend of mine who had an eSports team back in the days. And he, he showed me some insights about what he does and what he wants to do. So I just told him... I can help you. I, I love to do marketing. I could help you out with, with some stuff. So I, I love to do sales as well. I could maybe get you some sponsors on board. So get me on the team. And that's what he did. So so I helped him out. And sooner or later, I brought m- one of my closest friends, Leonard, into that team as well. And yeah, it, it the, the communication part was just lacking within the team. And it was, in my opinion, a little bit unprofessionally built because there were a lot of young people in, it and it wasn't really a business case it was more like a fun kind of thing to do and i poured my heart and soul in that project and i fell on my nose one day as as he called the both of us Uh, i will not forget that day and he told us something like hey i i don't need you on board i don't want to have you on board for that project i want to do it myself and so we were devastated at that time and I, I will never forget that I, I had a call with my mentor back in the days, still my mentor. He used to be my, my chef at, at the bank I was working for, a guy I, I always look up to. And he said that this could be the best day of your life because in the end, you put so much energy into that project and you will get probably 10 to 15% of the company. Why not do it yourself? And so that was beginning of 2019, mid-2019. And so I called Leo up again and told him that basically we got everything uh, we got everything covered that that we need for the esports team we just need some more people involved the right people and we need a unique idea to start that thing and so that's when we kind of started brainstorming which was a process of about eight to ten months, brainstorming ideas, brainstorming business plans and especially communication ideas, games we want to get involved. Yeah, by the beginning of 2020, in end of February, we registered our company and started. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the short brief story of how it all came down.
1: Very interesting that so just to go back a bit. When you said you fell on your nose. So basically what happened is that you were involved in this company, but then I guess you did not have like formal contracts of what your involvement is. And then just the guy said, "You, I don't need you anymore. Exactly. What is that what happened?
0: That is what happened. I mean, we were talking about getting more formality into that business as it should become a business. It has been more or less a a fun kind of. In in esports, we call it clans. And then you become an organization once it gets more professional. And it has been more or less on the clan stage but it was there was a lot of potential if you do it right so i told him we have to register a right company and we i want to get these kind of shares to put all my heart and soul in that project and put all my expertise in that project to help you grow it to a completely other level and same goes to my friend leonard and yeah one day he called us and he said he don't want to give any any percentages away he doesn't even know how he wants to build the company and he thinks that he can do it better himself so that's what he did And six months later, that clan team resigned or kind of, yeah, got out of the market. They are not existing anymore. So in the end, it was the best choice of my life, even though that day it was super hurtful.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that must have been a bad feeling. And yeah, but definitely good learning. I think sometimes these kind of downsides, they also lead to something better. So um, and in your case, I think that's definitely what happened. So you were mentioning that then you're with your friend, Leonard, you started brainstorming and you got the idea of doing it yourself. Like, I, I was just curious now about the name ovation as well was this something that you were doing early in this brainstorming process that you thought about the name or was it something that came at the end because i'm just currently kind of also brainstorming about some ideas personally and i'm also in this process name finding process name finding is it even that important or not so (laughs) I, Um, i just had that idea yeah
0: for us it was a topic that came up in the beginning already but we decided to go with ovation Actually, by the end, there were a lot of names involved in the process. But the nice thing about Ovation is the the origin of, of the name. I mean, Ovation, it means it comes from standing ovation. That's where we got it from. So we give kind of like a standing ovation to our athletes whenever they perform well. And... In, in the origin story, we, we looked into the books a little bit and there has been, yeah, don't pinpoint me on this one because I, I don't know it for sure, but there has been in ancient Greece or in, in Rome, a guy called Ovatius and he kind of like, he was the first guy standing up during these fights they had back in the days and applauding. And so that's where it kind of came from. And our logo represents more or less a, a modernized helmet of these soldiers back then so that's more or less the story that we were able to build around the name Mm -hmm. and that convinced us to go with ovation
1: that's a good story and then when you basically started building the company as you mentioned before in the previous project it was like a clan that was then professionalized how did you approach that in esports like you said you need to select games you want to compete in, etc. How did you approach that? Like with recruiting players, etc.? like what do you do first and what were the uh, priorities?
0: So the, actually the, the biggest issue was to get somewhat of a connection inside the community because I'm a nobody back in the days, I, I still am. But back in the days, no one within the scene knew my name or knew anything about Ovation because it was a project that is being built so i somehow had to get in contact with the players and a lot of people reach out to these players they have thousands and thousands of followers so they wouldn't reply to me and that's how i kind of came up with getting in touch with a, a young player manager who was in Fortnite, you you have to know everything is pretty young the the players are on average between 13 to 18 years old as it is a a mechanical game Uh, and therefore the the younger generations they are just faster than than we are so i have to get yeah into contact with the players and then convince them of what we are doing what we are building and also kind of let my pants down in regards of showing them that this this is a professional thing that's going on we are a registered company because in esports, as it is a, a pretty young, a young genre, there are there are still some frauds around, which is something that happens every time in the world of internet as you get some security due to the anonymity of, of internet. So it was a long process to get them convinced of what we're doing and then sign them. So we had a, a straight plan of what kind of players we want. We approached them. We were hoping for, for them to sign with us. And that took months also talking to to their parents because most of the players that are underage, they need to sign contracts with the approval of their parents. So that took months of time. I thought in the beginning it could be easier to get into the scene but it's, it's not that easy, unfortunately, especially if you're a 28-year-old a, a guy being sometimes double the age of the players, they are not really into talking to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and so you would basically really also like look out for players that could be interesting for you or like since in the end, what you do as an esports team is you compete in tournaments, right? Exactly. If that's my understanding. and So you want to discover players that will perform well and that could win these tournaments or or do well in the tournaments. And I guess, do you solely rely then on like some of these player managers to to help you find good players, or you you do it yourself? Like, or are there scouts that help you pick good players? I have no idea how this works in this um, industry.
0: Back in the days, it was me, just yeah, hours and hours of leaderboard analytics and watching their streams, watching their gameplays, monitoring their consistency, and in the end, then pinpoint it down to some players because it's the the top one percent of the players. That's not a huge community. And especially as we are focusing on Europe and within Europe, the, the German speaking region, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, there are not thousands and thousands of people available that could actually be of interest for us. But back in the days, we did it all ourselves, me and Leo, and we just checked out the players over months of time. Nowadays, it's more or less an automated uh, ongoing process as we get hundreds of applicants on a monthly basis that want to enter the team. But we now as well know the community. We know which players could be of interest for us. And then we we let them monitor by our scouts and in the end, go over the, the data we get and then decide if, if it's an interesting fit or not. And then it comes to personality. Because I I never sign a player without knowing who he is and what he does and how he represents himself and ovation in the media and especially on social media and the internet. So that's, for me, one of the most important parts before actually signing a player to get to know that guy and get a a feeling of what kind of person he is. And if if that matches with our philosophy and our image and our idea, then we get to the point of, of signing a contract.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Personal fit is very important in in many aspects in life and business and sports, <laughs> of course, as well. So uh, I think it's always important to have good, yeah, kind of mix of people and that they mesh well and fit well together. And just to go back to the origin story, so what what I'm curious about is if there was a moment where you thought, yes, this is this is, you know, this is going to work. Because I could imagine you start building the company, you start recruiting players, but maybe you're not sure yet if it will work out. You know, was, was there a moment where you thought, yes, this could actually work? because maybe you won a tournament or something. How was that journey from just start building it to thinking, yeah, this is actually something that can work?
0: I'm not too sure if we actually yet had the point where we say uh, this is something we, we will do to the, till the end of our lives and it, it will work mm-hmm. out as we imagined it. And we we will be the top five teams all over the world and we will be like the Real Madrid of esports. I, I haven't had that moment yet, but in the beginning, it, it was all about... Are we accepted within the community? Is our communication, as the kids call it, cringe? Or are we cool enough for, for the younger generations as well? And also, I mean, esports, is uh, it, it goes from 12-year-old kids to 40-year-old adults uh, all being involved and all being interested. So you have quite a ri- wide range of community and a very interesting interesting type of of target audience, if if you want to call it like that. So it was more or less, how how are we received within the community? And after a couple of months, as we were growing way faster than most uh, other esports teams that kind of started, we felt like we might be in for the long run and we might be something that could become bigger and bigger as, yeah, I mean, as a team, you, you need to build fans. Because that's what, in the end, pays your bills, if I want to call it like that. You have to have your fans, you have to have your community that's backing you and that is interested in what you're doing and not just in, in your players. That is also a very important aspect about teams in general. It goes to traditional sports as well as esports. You need to build your community and fans. And by mid 2020, as we were growing consistently and still are, we felt like that community is actually there for us and they are actually interested in what we're doing and they are fans of our brand. And that was like the first time I really felt like we're doing something good. And yeah, I remember one time I was in a call with a friend of mine from Germany and then he said that... His younger brother would love to talk to me. And his younger brother was like 15 years old. And he was amazed to be talking to the Ovation Esports co-founder. And he told me that he's a huge fan of our organization and of our players. And he loves what what we do. And that's when I finally realized we actually, we have fans. And and that's, yeah, kind of melted my heart, to be honest. That, That was one of the sweetest things that happened in 2020.
1: That's that's a nice story. Yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting thing you do because you are really building like a sports brand basically from scratch. And this is, I think, often overlooked as well because all these other sports clubs, football clubs, etc., they exist already for a hundred years or so, and you are basically doing the same, maybe, but for like <laughs> the next generation of of sports. So that's that's it's very cool. And since we are, we are still talking about ovation. Could you tell the audience a bit now about which games you're competing in? You know, some of the stats about Ovation, like what games, how many players you have under contract, etc.
0: Sure. So currently, as of today, mid-April 2021, we're in Valorant and Fortnite. As I said before, there are other games coming up within the next few weeks as we are diversifying because every game brings in another community and another audience. Currently, I think we have 18 athletes Don't pinpoint me on that one either. As it is, yeah, we're in a restructuring phase right after the investment round. Things are changing, we got a nice boost and we are growing faster than we have ever before. And that needs some restructuring within the team. So we're letting people go and having new players signed. And basically what we do as as an organization and what we live off is our our reach and our target audience. So our audience is mainly between 15 to 34 years old. 18 to 34 is the biggest target audience we have with around 75% of all the the people we attract. And we communicate or we reach out to around 25 million people a month, growing by 10 to 20% a month. And, and that's basically the interesting part, especially for, for the brands that we are currently talking to and also new brands that want to get involved in esports because the target audience and the community of esports is so interesting. You will never have a community that is so deeply connected with the internet with all the the techie stuff that is out there. IT guys are more and more important with every kind of company. They're all looking for their, their CTOs or IT specialists, whatever you want to call them. And we talk to that community and we interact with them on a daily basis as well. There are a lot of insane young designers and editors and just aspiring young people And basically what we do, we try to get sponsors on board that have the the chance to hop on our image, hop on our team and communicate and interact with, with that community because you might know it as well. How often do you watch television nowadays or, or read the newspaper? Yeah, I mean, almost, if you do. Almost
1: never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the one TV, of, yeah.
0: I mean, newspapers, I, I read them whenever I feel like there's something interesting in them for me to read concerning what, what I do business-wise. But everything else you get through the internet uh, as well, uh, the traditional media, you can read it on the internet. And it's, especially for traditional brands, it's hard to get a grasp on that community because they have no clue on, on how to interact with them. And it already starts on where to interact with them, and that's where we help. And what we do on top, we sell emotions because every time we watch a game, it, it's like football, watching football or watching tennis or watching whatever sport you prefer. It's full of emotions. You support your teams. It's nerve-wracking, and in the end, it's all about championships and and winning titles with your team. And that's
1: a broad overview of what we mm. yeah, what we actually do business wise yeah and you, you mentioned this, the sponsorships and like looking at Ovation as a company and and your business model so that's basically how you work is, is that you get most of your revenue how you also finance then your own teams etc apart from the investments of course through sponsorships or what are the ways you actually generate revenue as a company?
0: They are pretty similar to to traditional sports. I mean, you can compare it to, to football teams. I, I had long discussions with our investors about that topic because the in revenue streams are the same. You have your sponsoring, sponsorship deals. It's just the different kind of media channels that we are interacting. I think we're more focused on, for example, Twitch, which is something traditional sports is not yet involved in. But in my opinion, one of the most important and most interesting marketing channels. Then you have your merchandise, selling selling clothes of, of your brand, even going maybe one step further, part of street style and not just shirts. But you can see that in football clubs as well. For example, if you go to Dortmund and check out the fan store, you can buy everything from a doormat to 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 issue whatever you need everything can be branded with the club so that's another revenue stream and then you have the the player contracts player transfers which is something that is growing in esports slowly but surely i think in football it's way more developed okay so you have
1: also like transfers of esports players that pay sums basically other clubs or teams pay sums of money that a player will join their team Exactly. Okay. But as
0: I said it's 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 still developing and we're trying to as well build the unique system there also very much in in close contact with our investors as they just have way more expertise due to their their life of football but that's something that will get more and more interesting in esports as well
1: okay basically if you are a sponsor who would be interested to work with you how can i imagine to get that like if i'm on twitch does it mean that my logo is displayed or like how does it work in practice to be a sponsor for an esport team like ovation
0: I mean, uh, logo display is the the simplest form of of sponsorship, but you can go as far as you want. It always depends on the budget and the ideas and in the end, the targets of of the the partner and the sponsor. But we can do everything from image videos or even advertisement videos that we spread through our channels with authentic content with our players involved to, to traditional logo placements, even product placements. But nowadays with Twitch, for example, you can direct link the products, which makes it way way easier to to get straight involved with the company and that's just the twitch part i mean it, it's not only logo display it's it's first of all it's it's building an image building a story telling a story and and that's what we do as well the the part of consulting helping brands to to interact with the community that we're trying to shift to to their social media pages to interact with them in an authentic fashion as well cuz these people they as hard as it sounds, but they speak another language. I mean, 15-year-old kids nowadays also speak completely different than we did when we were growing up. And every community, same as the gaming community, has a different language than, for example, the golf community. And we do speak that language and we help help the brands to interact with them on a sustainable, long-lasting way.
1: You mentioned long-lasting before, and I think that's also something where you differentiate yourself as an esports brand. You mentioned it in the introduction, but could you... Explain again what this means in practice for you and your players.
0: Yeah, we look at sustainability in regards of sustainably providing an environment to our athletes to get them ready for even a life after esports, because let's be honest, we are not yet there where, for example, football is. So you you become a professional football player, you play your eight years in in the best leagues, make your millions, and then you become a football agent or a football manager or a football coach or whatever, and you live a nice life till the end of your life. That's not what happens in esports yet. So we also have to help them out to be ready, or that's actually what what is our core essence, that we help them to be ready for a life after esports if that career doesn't go to the level they, they want it to go or let's say it that way you only have the ability to perform in esports till a certain age same with traditional sports so we help them build their channels to keep on having a revenue stream for example twitch if you're streaming on twitch and you have your average viewers of five to 10,000 viewers or whatever it doesn't even need to be a number that high but you will get a revenue stream out of it because you have your supporters there you, you have your subscribers you have your donators that interact with you on a daily basis and support you and by the end of the time as I always tell it to to the younger guys we will help you make your hobby to your job and that's that's what we call sustainable so we're not just looking at the player signing him whenever he pops off and does great results and then letting him down as soon as the the results are not as yeah happy to us as we would love them to be so we actually yeah we take them by the hand and help them grow
1: i think it's the first time i hear that an esports brand is that putting that in their core approach how to do things so that's very cool i just wanted to get some of your learnings for people listening that want to start a company or want to do something in the esports space So do you have any, you know, advice of things you learned now building ovation so far? What would you maybe tell yourself?
0: I don't know if you can pinpoint it to esports, but I would say like my recommendation is to be open-minded, always keep an open mind. Don't fixate yourself on things as, for example, I mean, I studied something completely different than what I do now. So just be open-minded, take your chances. Chances will always come in life and also connect with others listen to what others can can help you out you don't have to know, to know everything but you have to know the right people that know everything and in the end that will help you help you grow so mm-hmm. keep keep the right people around you help you out involve them in whatever you do and yeah keep an open mind that's in my opinion the most important
1: thing in life Good advice for people that might be getting curious about esports and they also would like to break in maybe looking at my audience not as a player potentially but maybe more as like a building a company or doing something in in the esports or gaming space do you see any you know trends or or like opportunities in the space that might not be that obvious yet Like where the whole space is going, developing towards.
0: I think it's getting more and more professional overall. I wouldn't, if I had a secret game that is growing currently (laughs) that only I know of, I wouldn't tell you. I'm sorry about that, but there actually isn't. I'd say in regards of games, Valorant is is extremely interesting. That's why we put a lot of focus on that as it is uh, produced uh, by Riot, which is one of the most uh, successful gaming companies. As we have seen the esports scene in League of Legends develop, so I'm pretty, yeah, curious about what's happening in Valorant. That's that's a very very interesting game to look at. And if you want to start, get get the right people on board, get, get, get connected to the community. I think that's the most important thing. Know what the community wants. Try to build your community because in the end. It's it's all about yeah who your fans are in the end. And otherwise if you don't have your community supporting you, you won't have the, the right players signing your deals as they are not interested in working with you. Mm. So I think that's that's very important in, in esports, especially in, in the beginning. And always be open to players. Don't don't hide things, don't don't try to fool anyone. Just just do what you, you can do best.
1: So towards the end of the podcast, I'm curious to learn a bit more about you as a person as well. And I like to do that with a quick fire round of questions. So I just prepared two three questions. And if you could give me just your immediate thoughts, that would be great. So let's get started right away. So what is your favorite game? And why?
0: Uh, currently, I'm not playing it used to be Rome Total War. Uh, that's an insane game. And then it It became Fortnite for quite a while until I just realized that I'm too slow and not good enough to compete anymore. And yeah, nowadays my my favorite games to watch are Fortnite and Valorant.
1: And it's more as a spectator than a player, I guess.
0: Yes, hmm. more as a spectator, as a player. As I don't really have the time to, to play anymore, I usually just spectate our players competing. And I think it's, it's way more entertaining as
1: they know how to play the game compared to me. <laughs> cool. If you could, you know, give your younger self, maybe when you were still in your studies, any advice, what would you tell your, your younger self? Hmm. That's a tough one.
0: Learn harder, focus on the, the things you really love. And don't and try to avoid studying stuff you're you're not interested in, just because you think that's that's the right way to go. I'm happy to have parents that supported me in doing more or less what I feel is right, but in the beginning I didn't really know what was right. So find find your yeah your true love or your true passion, and, and yeah
1: pursue it that way. And the next question, I'm not sure if it, if it goes anywhere. It's the first time I asked this question, but I heard it the other day and I found it very interesting. What are your current open browser tabs in your browser?
0: Some, some rankings of FIFA and other games and apartments as I'm looking at apartments in, in Munich once again. So, so those are open and the rest is esports based esports rankings in Fortnite tournaments in yeah in the Call of Duty I'm checking out at the moment as I see I have a lot of open tabs I'm a, I'm a tab kind of guy but yeah. 20 different departments I think that's
1: <laughs> that's why I'm focusing on okay <laughs> Cool. Yeah, then I already would like to ask my last question, which I always ask my guests, since it's related to the name of this podcast. So since a lot of people that listen to the podcast, they think about maybe starting their own thing or to, you know, take the leap to start their own project. So in your own words, what does courage mean to you could be in life or in business?
0: Courage means be ready to take risks I guess and for me it's as I said before be, be ready to to yeah not have a, a, a rich life but do do what you love because I mean rich financial wise as you as you do a startup I think most most of the startup founders can agree on that in the beginning it's not a wealthy life. You're not spending as much as as you could doing something else for a traditional brand. So yeah, be ready to suffer a little bit, but suffer for the good cause and for something you love. And yeah, that's... That's what I think is what awaits you and what what courage means to me. Mm.
1: Well, Patrick, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and for this interesting conversation and for giving us the opportunity to learn more about what you're building. So thank you very much for that. To close off, is there anywhere where people can find you or they can find out more about Ovation? Any websites or other places you want to mention? So feel free. First
0: of all, thanks for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, you can find us on all kinds of socials, always Ovation Esports and www.ovation-esports.com. That's where you find our
1: web page so go check it out perfect and i'll also as always make sure to link all of these links and other things we mentioned or that patrick mentioned in this episode in the show notes so also the games if you want to check out fortnite or valorant and you're not sure what they are so i will link to those as well if you got curious uh, from this conversation so thanks again patrick and good luck with your future adventures
0: thank you very much
1: Hey, before you go, I just want to ask you for a very small favor. If you get any value out of this podcast, please quickly head over to the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you are listening to this and give the Leap Takers Podcast a positive rating. It just takes 10 seconds. This would really help me to get more visible and I'll be able to continuously bring on great guests to this show. If you want to do even more, you can now easily donate something to support with the costs of this podcast. Just go to leaptakers.com and you see a coffee mark at the bottom of the page. If you click on it, you can donate a small amount, as much as you want, like buying me a coffee, which helps me to cover the costs of this podcast like posting, editing tools, etc. Thank you so much. As always, if you have any feedback or want to get in touch, just shoot me a message. You can find all my contact info as well as all social channels on leaptakers.com. Thanks again for listening and until next time, bye-bye.